Welcome to Stony Brook Church. We're so glad that you have joined us in worship, especially if you're visiting with us. I am Pastor David Hoffman, and I bring you greetings on behalf of our, our entire staff, including our preacher for the day, Pastor Jennifer Casey, and Pastor Bob Thomas, our pastor emeritus. As we begin our time together, I'd like to remind you that you may find an online bulletin, a chance to register your attendance and a place to share your prayer concerns and find ways to give financially on our website at stonybrook.church. In addition, I'd like to draw your attention to a couple of ministry opportunities. The first is the Gabriel Taylor Memorial Golf Scramble to benefit a kid again which will be held on Sunday, August the 29th at two o'clock at Oak Haven Golf Course in Delaware. Limited space is available. To get tickets or to donate, please visit akidagain.org. And I am hosting a staff team uh, for that golf scramble, so there will be entertainment um, at the event. So, Our love, support, and sympathy surround the family of Jerry Richardson, who died on August the 11th. The Shedinger Funeral Home is serving Jerry's family, and calling hours and a memorial service will be held um, this coming week. And we give thanks for the opportunity yesterday to celebrate uh, uh, the life of Joyce Vandergrift. Uh, What an inspiring service, and the flowers on the altar um, celebrate her life this day. Many of you have already received word, um, but at the recommendation of the virus response team, the leadership board has made the following adjustment to our COVID-19 guidelines. Effective next Sunday, August the 22nd, the wearing of masks will be strongly encouraged of everyone age two and older, regardless of the vaccination status while attending inside worship, um, inside meetings, or inside activities. Also, our 8 a.m. service will continue to meet outside, weather permitting, through Sunday, October the 3rd. And again, our primary goal through the pandemic has not changed. Um, Our primary goal is to provide as safe environment as possible for everyone. And thank you for all that you're doing to care for the most vulnerable in our midst, following Jesus' command to love and to care for others. Uh, We thank you in advance for your patience and understanding as we continue to navigate the pandemic. Friends, you'll find many more opportunities and much more about the mission and ministries of Stony Brook in the bulletin or through the weekly email announcements. And if you are not already receiving the weekly email announcements, you can sign up online on our website or you can contact the church office and we'll get you signed up for that important communication. Let us now turn our hearts to a time of worship as the prelude helps to center us and prepare us for worship.
Please rise in body or in spirit as God calls us together in worship. Teach us, O Lord, your ways, and we will observe them to the end. Give us, O Lord, understanding to keep your law and observe it with our whole hearts. Lead us, O Lord, in the paths of your commandments, for we delight in them. Turn our hearts to you, O Lord, not to selfish gain. Release us from our pride, O Lord. Give us life as only you can. Amen. Let us remain standing and join together in our opening hymn, Go Down, Moses. Let us pray. O God, our refuge and strength, as you deliver your people from the oppressor, you accompany them on their journeys. You have taken them by the hand to guide them. You give them bread to sustain them and water to quench their every thirst. You are a faithful God. You cause the earth to nourish the seeds, the wheat and the corn to flower and yield grain in abundance. The comb fills with honey from nectar you have hidden in the blossoms. 
The pine bears its cones to feed your friends in the forest. You, O God, are a God of all living things. You design the creation with an eye for beauty. We partake of your splendor and give thanks for your grandeur. As we come to you, God, grant us humility as we offer our prayers. For we are your sojourners in our quest to be faithful. As we lean into our future, help us to be more receptive to the seeds of your love. As your word is delivered, there are those who distort it and purge it of meaning. They render it innocuous with impact impaired. Please, O God, give us the insight to discern your message and the courage to confess trust in your truth. O God, at times our hearts are hardened by the trials that confront us. Tribulation tempts us to turn away from you. Give us the hindsight to learn from past deeds and the foresight to depend on your word. Your word speaks life to us. Oh God, this day teach us to rely upon each other. With Christ as the pattern for our behavior, may what we do be for mutual support. Replace envy with encouragement. Help us to help others grow in their faith. Save us from quarrelsome conflicts that tear us down. May we seek always to honor opinions and accept differences with mutual respect. And, O God, may our intentions not be conformed to this world. Rather, let them be transformed as your word renews us. Lead us by your Spirit so that we may discern your will and fill us with your strength and courage to obey your commands. And as you have delivered your people before us, so guide us now in the way in which we should go. As you have commanded them to be faithful, give us humility as we answer your call upon our lives. O God, this day, hear our prayers of concern and praise this day, especially those concerns that lie heaviest upon our hearts. We pray for our brothers and sisters in Haiti. We pray for those, all of those affected by the recent wave of virus. We pray for those who are on the front line attending to each of their needs. We pray for those in need of healing. We pray for those in need of comfort. We pray for those in need of your grace. Oh God, we thank you that you are a God who knows exactly what we need and that you've given your spirit to guide us. Now listen as we are bold to join our hearts and voices together, praying the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples as we practice the unity that you would have, praying together, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
now these ancient and holy words which have been preserved for us to learn from today. I will be reading from Exodus chapter 15. Hear these words. Then Moses ordered Israel to set out from the Red Sea, and they went into the wilderness of Shur. They, spe- they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink the water of Marah because it was bitter. That is why it was called Marah. And the people complained against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? He cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw it into the water, and the water became sweet. There the Lord made for them a statute and an ordinance, and there he put them to the test. He said, if you will listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight and give heed to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will not bring upon you any of the diseases that I brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Then they came to Elam where there were 12 springs of water and 70 palm trees, and they camped there by the water. This is the word for all of God's children. Thanks be to God. Let us join together in our sung response, How Firm a Foundation. join me in a spirit of prayer. O God, for the gifts of these ancient words, we give you thanks. Open our hearts, our minds, and our spirits to hear the message you have for us today. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. I could see where I needed to be. It seemed like such a short distance away. I tried shouting to my family, I'll be there in a minute. They couldn't hear me. And the next thing I knew, I was all the way under. Covered by the crashing waves, sand swirling, my body was held captive. For a moment, I was stunned. Stuck in the force of the water above me as it pushed toward the shore. Equally stuck by the water below, pulling me back out to sea. As soon as my brain was able to process what had happened, I found myself beginning to strategize how to get out of this. It was completely disorienting. Throughout our current sermon series, we are following the Exodus journey of Moses and the Israelites. Moses, reluctant leader, Israelites, 
reluctant followers, all reluctant to embrace their journey. It is a story of hope, a story of faith, a story of change. As Pastor David reminded us the first week, the Moses story can teach us many things about how we can faithfully lean into the future. Moses' reluctance to answer God's call and the Hebrew people's reluctance to follow at times mirrors our own experience. The journey of change and transition is never easy. You know why it's never easy? It's never easy because change is inherently disorienting. Change is disorienting because it requires us to leave the known and move into the unknown. It's disorienting because it invites us to consider something new, something different, something potentially scary. Change is disorienting because we may discover something about ourselves, something about others, something about God, which may fundamentally shift how we understand our faith. It causes us to be reoriented toward God. And as much as we say we want this, as much as we work to achieve this, it can be frightening. It can cause us to resist change. As the sermon series began, we joined Moses as he had his extraordinarily disorienting experience with the burning bush. After killing an Egyptian, fleeing Egypt, and settling down in Midian, God shows up and God tells Moses he's going to be the one to go to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. Now, Moses responds in a way that I imagine many of us would respond. And he says, God, this is my version of it, God, I think maybe you haven't thought this all the way through. You know, the people aren't really going to listen to me. They're definitely not going to believe me. And also, God, you may have forgotten, I don't speak well. God, of course, doesn't let a few obstacles get in the way, and the plan is not derailed. And so Moses reluctantly steps up to be the leader that God requires him to be. Moses eventually confronts Pharaoh, and it proves to be difficult to persuade Pharaoh to let the people go. And so God sends ten plagues to help with that process. Now the Israelites are finally set free, and one might think that this should be the end of the story. Don't they deserve to live happily ever after now? Haven't they been through enough? And it is at this point in the story that we begin to see it's just the start of a very long transformation process. The second week, we stood at the banks of the Red Sea as we watched God through a pillar of cloud and fire lead Moses and the Israelites away from Egypt. Pharaoh, not surprisingly, has had a change of heart, and he's angry that his workforce is no longer there. So he sends his army to chase after them. God leads the people to the Red Sea 
They get there, and to not be completely discouraged by this grave situation in front of them, Moses trusts God. Moses lifts his arm and stretches out his hand and waits for God to part the sea. The Israelites were allowed to cross before God returns the sea waters to their place covering the seabed, thus drowning the Egyptian army. Today, we join Moses and the Israelites as they've just moved through the Red Sea. Do you think they were still stunned and overwhelmed at this point? They've been in a state of bewilderment for an extended period of time. Were they expecting that now everything would be okay? They're free. They're no longer being pursued. Now they can relax breathe, experience a safe, secure life, right? Except that's not what happens. The adrenaline rush begins to subside. The fight, flight, or freeze response begins to calm down, and reality slowly settles in. There's no drinkable water. How will they survive? What will happen next? This crisis never seems to end. Moses and the Israelites begin to experience the wilderness. In his book, Let Go, Leaning into the Future Without Fear, author Matt Miofsky describes it this way. While leaving home is the first hurdle to overcome, it's not the only one. As soon as they left, the Israelites began to experience the next stage of change, and they would spend decades navigating it. Upon leaving Egypt, they immediately realized that before they could get to where they wanted to go, they had to spend time in the wilderness. The wilderness experience is probably the most misunderstood and potentially discouraging part of change. The Israelites spent decades in the wilderness. Not a day, not a week, not a year, not the length of the current pandemic we're in, but decades, an entire generation. The wilderness is not an accident. We see Jesus intentionally going into the wilderness for 40 days to prepare for his public ministry. The wilderness, a time of spiritual exploration, a time filled with purpose, a time rich with meaning, it's an essential part of change and transition. And it is hard. The wilderness feels lonely, like God has abandoned us. It seems barren, harsh, spiritually dry. Experiences of being lost, helpless, searching, and depression are normal. I don't know of anyone who intentionally wants to experience a spiritual wilderness. And yet, it's a part of our faith development it can happen at the most unexpected of times. It can happen during crisis, or it can happen when life seems completely stable. And always, it is disorienting. 
The wilderness is that place where God helps us lose that which keeps us disconnected from God. It's in the wilderness that the hardened and dead places of our hearts are sanded away. The broken spaces are filled in with God's love, and a new awareness of life comes into focus. Pretense and ego ebb away. Maturity happens. The Israelites were in the wilderness for decades. How much faith did that take to endure? How exhausted were they? Did they want to give up? Was giving up even an option? Perhaps one of the most difficult and potentially discouraging parts of the wilderness experience is that it is unavoidable. We must go through it in order to get where God is taking us. We can fight it, or we can lean into the discomfort of it, trusting that God is at work and God is helping us grow. The Israelites spent 40 years in the wilderness, looking for resources, questioning God, doubting, lamenting, uncomfortable, searching, seeking, waiting, asking, who are we? Who am I? After miraculously making it through this parted sea to a safer area, the people could only focus on the bitter, undrinkable water. And as much as I want to judge their lack of celebration in their newfound freedom, I honestly cannot blame them. What an overwhelming experience they've been through. And I imagine Moses was overwhelmed as well and didn't know how to help his people. And so he cries out to God. God answers by directing Moses to throw a stick into the water, turning it into something drinkable, something sweet, something healing. They were thirsty, thirsty for safety, thirsty for stability, thirsty for growth, thirsty for healing, thirsty for life, thirsty for God. Through the water, God was reorienting them from their bitterness to blessing, from grumbling to praise, from scarcity to abundance. God was reorienting the Israelites to life, life filled with peace, healing, resources, connection, contentedness, growth, richness, greenery, purpose, direction, life filled with love, safety, and trust. God was bringing the Israelites back to who they were, the people of God created in love, for love, and to be love in the world. I've always been drawn to the water. Pools, ponds, rivers, lakes, creeks, waterfalls, oceans, any type of water will do for me. The sounds, the smells, the sight, the feel, the movement of the water fills my soul with a peace and a connectedness to God that I can only find in nature. My family and I went to the beach this summer. It had been a few years since we had been, and I had forgotten how much 
I missed the rhythmic sound of the ocean. How much I missed walking along the wet sand with the tide washing over my bare feet. How much I missed playing in the large waves with my family. The ocean was especially feisty the week we were there. The waves were big, they were strong, they were powerful. And in order to get out to the calmer waves where I wanted to float, I needed to walk through a section of waves close to the shore. You know this section. It's the section of waves which is fun to watch but difficult to walk through because the waves are crashing with such force. There was nothing that I could do to avoid this part of the journey. In order to get where I wanted to be, I had to move through the crashing waves. As hard as I tried to stay upright, the crashing waves knocked me down on more than one occasion. It left me disoriented, and it left me paused in my pursuit to get out to the larger, calmer waves. But every time the waves knocked me down, I learned a little bit more. I learned a little bit more about how to stand up and how to angle my body in a way to keep myself just a little bit more stable. Eventually, I made it to where I wanted to go, out to the calmer, gentler waves that I could float on, out to where my family already was. That's where I wanted to be. Friends, God has called us into this beautiful, and sometimes difficult journey of life. If we spend our energy trying to avoid it, we miss out on the goodness, the blessings, the grace, the lessons that God has for us. As painful as life can be at times, we can trust that God is always with us and always directing us. God always points us to life. God always points us to love. Always. We can trust God in this, and we can trust that God is bringing us back to who we are, the people of God, created in love, for love, to be love in this world. Let each of us lean into the future with the confidence of God's beloved. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Jennifer. Great message for us this day. We thank God for the many ways that Stony Brook Church has supported the endowment fund. And last week we heard a witness from Ron Anderson about the importance of establishing the fund here at Stony Brook and what that meant to him and the future of this church. Um, this week you'll be receiving a mailing um, outlining the impact the endowment fund is already making in the ministry of this church. And I invite this to your attention. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to one of the endowment uh, members. Um, their names are going to be listed on this mailing. And then working together, um, uh, you know, this endowment fund is already making a difference, but we'll make, continue to make a difference in our future and the Gehanna community as we seek to serve and be Christ's witnesses in this world. Thank you for um, the work that you're doing.
And as we enter our time of offering, please know that uh, we have provided several opportunities to receive your weekly offering, including dropping your financial gift um, in one of the baskets on your way in or out of the worship space, mailing your contribution to the church office, or by giving online. I invite us now to rise in body or spirit as we sing together our doxology, giving thanks for what God has provided in our lives. Let us stand and sing together. All things come from you, O God, and with gratitude we return to you what is yours. You created all that is, and with love formed us in your image. When our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You gave your only Son, Jesus Christ, to be our Savior. All that we are and all that we have is a trust from you. And so, in gratitude for all your gifts, we offer you ourselves and all that we have in union with Christ's offering for us. By your Holy Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all your world. Amen. Let us remain standing and sing together our closing hymn.
trust in God. God's got you on this journey. God is with you every step of the way, working toward good in your life. Trust in that and believe that God loves you. Take, with the, take that with you as you leave this place. And for all of those that you encounter this week, shine God's love out to them. Go in peace, my friends. Amen.